after that experience, on top of the feelings that I had already had, I was like, you know what? This isn't something that I want to continue with. I think it's time for me to move on. And I chose to cut the internship short. My name is CJ and welcome to Black in Fashion, a podcast that highlights key Black figures who have impacted the world of fashion as we know it today, as well as those who continue to influence its ever-changing industry. Each episode, we'll profile different people from past to present, as well as conduct interviews and engage in dialogue around race and diversity within the fashion industry. I don't know if you already follow Diet Prada on Instagram, but if you don't, then I highly recommend it. Now, I don't have any sponsors, so this isn't an ad, but High Snobbity deems Diet Prada as the fashion watchdog on a mission to call out copycat designs. They've been around since 2014, but have developed into so much more than a page about copycat designs. Granted, a lot of the copycats are wild, but they've grown to call out all sorts of faux pas within the industry, and I don't just mean styling fails. They call out hypocrisy, racism, homophobia, xenophobia, and the like within the industry, and I promise you, nobody is safe. Now, they do a lot of this through memes and reposts, but the messages are pretty clear. Whether you're a fashion designer, politician, luxury brand, your local Karen, whoever, like I said before, no one is safe. Now, I'm giving all of this background because it's how I discovered my guest for this week's episode. As we know, a lot of fashion brands have been jumping on the performative allyship bandwagon by proclaiming Black Lives Matter as if the phrase didn't emerge nearly a decade ago. But a lot of current and former employees to these brands are not having it. People who have worked for these familiar brands started speaking out about the racism in the workplace. And it wasn't just a few companies or a few positions, but a laundry list of companies with people experiencing racism from the retail stores to the executive teams. For example, L'Oreal Paris was called out for firing transgendered mixed-race model Monroe Bergdorf for her speaking against white supremacy. Tommy Dorfman called out Ferragamo for their performative allyship and claimed the people who run the company are racist, transphobic, and not body positive at all. Surprise, surprise. Reformation, the sustainability brand that we all know and love, posted their Black Lives Matter sentiment on Instagram only to be called out by former employee El Santiago who left a damning comment on their IG that generated such a response that it resulted in the founder and CEO stepping down from her position. Now, seriously, I can go down the list and talk about all the other brands called out for their racism, including, but not limited to, Anthropology, Vogue, V Magazine, Refinery29, hell, even Starbucks. Performative allyship isn't exclusive to the fashion industry, but this podcast is about fashion, so I'll stick to what I know. Today, we're going to speak with a guest about her experience at Zimmerman. So Zimmerman is a luxury Australian fashion and lifestyle brand founded in 1991 by sisters Nikki and Simone Zimmerman, and they have stores and showrooms all across the world. Aside from their own retail locations, Zimmerman can also be found in places like Saks Fifth Avenue, Barney's, RIP, Neiman Marcus, Bergdorf Goodman, Bloomingdale's. You pretty much get the picture. So... This brand is known for their bold, original prints, innovative way of using fashion and swimwear, and they have a pretty good reputation as one of the sought-after 
brands for designers and students to really look into when they're trying to break into the industry. So my guest today is Desiree Celestin, a former intern for Zimmerman who unapologetically called out the brand on their Instagram. So first off, thank you so much for joining me today, Desiree. Thank you so much for having me. While I hate that you had to go through your experience at Zimmerman, I genuinely commend you for speaking up and calling the brand out on a public platform. I can only guess how many other former interns or employees or whoever have expressed something like this working in the industry but aren't comfortable speaking out. So I first want to give you all of your things for your bravery. Thank you so much. It means a lot. I've given the audience a little bit of background. So I want you to start off by just telling us about how you came into this internship with Zimmerman. So I got my internship um, with Zimmerman through being, you know, good friends with the Zimmerman rep when I was working at Saks Fifth Avenue. I really enjoyed selling the product. It's a really fun product to sell. So I, I thought that, you know, my experience would be a good one just because I had so much fun on the sales floor at Saks, you know, selling the product. When I got to the internship space, immediately I just knew that things were off. Um, I For a few days, um, I was the only Black intern. Um, it was a completely white space and I was uncomfortable. Um, I wasn't expecting that, but I just told myself, you know, this is an opportunity. You need to suck it up and, you know, kind of just do your job. So, you know, I felt very out of place the moment I walked through those doors. There were other interns, my white counterparts were doing different tasks, tasks that were meaningful, tasks that you can take into, um, you know, different areas of the industry. Even if you choose not to work for Zimmerman in particular, meanwhile, I was given very menial tasks such as like stocking the fridge or, you know, moving supplies, which is not something that interns, you know, don't do, but it's not something that an intern's job should be entirely. And that's something that I experienced um, up until the day of the, the fashion show. I was interning for them during February Fashion Week. And I did not go to the show, but my white counterparts did. They were even given clothing um, to wear to go to the show. Instead, I was asked and um, the other Black intern that eventually came and joined the team. Uh, we were asked to prepare the stock room for buyers, um, you know, to come. And that included stocking refrigerators, um, putting flowers in vases, you know, while our counterparts are really experiencing the essence of the brand. And it really made me question why I was the one, you know, going through these experiences when it seems that everyone else, you know, is having such a good time on top of me already feeling uncomfortable upon walking into the internship. You know what I mean? Um, I felt that I needed to stick it out and suck it up. Again, my mindset was, this is an opportunity. You shouldn't pass it up. Even though I was being treated unfairly. Then there was a contractor from France that um, was, she came in one day and, you know, they had models come into the showroom um, so they could put on clothing for the buyers. And the contractor says to the black model who has natural hair, um, she goes to like a corner of a room and picks up like a dust bunny. And she says to her, this looks just like your hair. 
And everyone is in like complete shock because it was unwarranted. It was completely uncalled for and very disrespectful. And that instance really solidified the feelings that I had had in the very beginning. Um, Being that I am a black woman, I did go into the internship with natural hair And now someone that, you know, is a contractor for this brand has now compared another black woman's natural hair to dirt. Uh, It really sets the tone. You know what I'm saying? So that it was very difficult for me. But again, um, all of us had to keep our composure. You're in a white space. You really want to be careful um, with how you conduct yourself and how you respond, even if you're being treated poorly. They ended up giving the model a very hard time. They fired her, then they brought her back, and then they asked for her to apologize to them. And after that experience, on top of the feelings that I had already had, I was like, you know what? This isn't something that I want to continue with. I think it's time for me to move on. And I chose to cut the internship short. Wow. And that's very understandable that you cut the internship short. Um, what was what was the model's reaction? Like, what were you guys' reaction in the room when the contractor said what they said? Black girl confusion, like all the <laughs> way, like everyone is just like, what? Um, you could tell that she was very shocked. I think that in her head, so many things were passing through, like lightning speed. But she chose to just be calm because she didn't want to risk her job. After after you did cut the internship short and everything, you know, months later, we're we're where we are today. Um, You know, we were at the height of protest maybe a month or so ago. And Zimmerman did release their Black Lives Matter statement. So... What was your sort of reaction, having the experience that you had? Um, we all know that you did respond publicly, which we love. But what was your initial <laughs> reaction when you first saw that post from Zimmerman? I will be totally honest. I think I read it and I said out loud, this is a bucket of shit. Like, this is complete <laughs> nonsense. It's performative. It's fake. What inspired you to respond? that's just who I am naturally. And I was like, no, this is just, this isn't it right here. Like, I I think it was just a natural instinct to just call out the BS. No, I love it. Um, And I mean, also, if you all want to see her response, I'm pretty sure you can find it online. I doubt you can find it on Zimmerman's page, but I'm pretty sure it's still somewhere on Diet Prada, um, or even if you were to just Google it. But were you expecting the reaction to your response that you received? Not at all. I was actually sitting down um, at my desk um, preparing like some homework when my phone just started blowing up. I wasn't expecting that at all. And I was like, wow, who would have thought that me just being who I am would have turned out to be, you know, something huge like this. Do you feel like during the course of the internship, do you wish you had said anything sooner? Or do you feel like, you know, given the response to, you know, their performative efforts on Instagram that you sort of did the right thing there? I definitely think I did the right thing. I think even though it was a difficult experience, it was necessary. It was necessary for them and it was very necessary for me. Um, They probably didn't think much of 
me being there. But maybe next time when they have, you know, a person of color interning, they will be more sensitive and more keen to how the, you know, that person or those people are feeling while working with them. Did you get any direct response from anyone at Zimmerman? Um, yes, the person that's in charge of the human resources reached out to me personally. I was not interested in conversation with her because so many current employees had reached out to me telling me like, listen, you really need to be careful with these people. You know, they are a part of the issue. And, you know, when you have internal employees coming to you and telling you that they don't even feel comfortable saying something, if something is happening to them while they're at the job, to someone that they should be saying something to, that kind of lets you know that you probably shouldn't be speaking with them either. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, it does take a lot of guts. And that's why I'm really glad that not just you, but so many of other people, you know, current or ex employees, usually ex employees are calling these brands out. You know, we saw it with Anthropology, we saw it with Ferragamo. And, you know, I talked about this with my guest in a previous episode, but fashion is really facing a pivotal moment right now where people just aren't going to accept these performative actions, they want to actually see what you're going to do aside from what you say. You know, what is your, what does your workforce look like? Who's on your executive board? How are you actually helping this movement? Or are you just sort of putting out a statement to look good? Right. Are there any brands that you've, that you feel like you do admire that you've admired during the course of everything going on? I know you know, I always reference Ben and Jerry because they went there. And granted, they're not fashion, but they're one of the brands that literally spelled, spelled out for everyone, you know, systemic racism, why Black Lives Matter. Do you, have, you noticed or, um, have you noticed any brands that have really set out to you that you feel like it put forth a genuine effort? There was a brand, I believe. It's a makeup brand. I think it's Milk Makeup. Um, they had um, kind of posted up who works in their company? There was like um, a pull up or shut up thing kind of going on with companies, pretty much asking them to show who works for you. Like, do you have di- like diversity teams? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And what I really appreciated about them was that they said, we have a lot of work to do. And they shared wh- who is in their company internally and how they can make it better. And I think that that's what's important is, you know, telling the public, We are about the people and we are about, you know, being a wholesome company and we want to diversify ourselves and make ourselves better. And I was really impressed by that. I can't say that I've been impressed with brands um, just because of my experience. And I, I still feel like a lot of things that are happening are performative, but something about, you know, that company doing what they did really stood out to me. What could have happened differently, do you feel, at Zimmerman, even if it was from a single, you know, non, non-Black employee? Do you feel like anything could have happened at Zimmerman to really change the entire situation or really make your experience much better? No, honestly, I don't. The design of, you know, the team that they had is not one that was looking to accept people that looked like me. The issue that I had, you know, when I walked in and I felt really out of place and I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was, I later found that that was a very valid feeling because in their look guide, they showcase 
the hairstyles that, you know, employees and models need to follow. And they say that hair needs to be clean and neat. And the look guide is all white women with straight hair. And that's what they refer to as clean and neat. As a black woman, that's just not my makeup. I don't feel like there's anything that could have happened to make me feel more comfortable. So as you navigate the industry, you know, especially post-internship, what are some things that you've looked for? Like, what did you take from that experience that, you know, you, you sort of took into looking for your next opportunities um, with other companies? If I go on like a brand's Instagram and I don't see any models of color, I'm immediately turned off which was something that I should have paid a little bit more attention to with Zimmerman because for a little bit, they really didn't have um, a diverse um, group of models. And it totally made sense as to why once I interned for them. Um, And I also just kind of look at employee reviews. I actually look them up now. That wasn't something that I did before, but um, it's something that I definitely take into consideration now. That's, that's amazing. I also hear the same thing. Um, a lot of people, even when they're interviewing for jobs, they're paying attention to, you know, the company's stance on social issues, aside from what you look like, you know, as far as diversity goes. Um, that, that's a really good point that you bring up. I've heard people asking literally during interviews, you know, have you guys, do you guys have a stance on the Black Lives Matter movement? Yeah, Are you absolutely. taking any action? And it's, it's, very is a very interesting time because I feel like a lot of people and companies are being are taken aback because they're not expecting so many people to be this passionate about it. But right. I, I'm loving it personally. Do you have any words of advice for interns who might find themselves in a situation like yours? You know, they're working for a top fashion brand looking to break into the industry, but something just feels off. And it's, you know, it can be aligned to your experience. Do you have any advice for anyone who might be in your shoes today or who might have been in your shoes today? Yeah, I would say trust your gut. Um, I knew immediately something was off. I just didn't know what it was. Um, I think trusting your gut is going to save you a lot of time and it'll help you to find that company that aligns with your morals a lot quicker. With everything that's happened with your internship with Zimmerman moving forward, do you feel like you still have a place in the industry, all things considered? Absolutely. The internship actually inspired me to start my own company and start a home for myself and create a space where anyone that works for me will not feel the way that I did. A few months after I launched my first collection, um, which was June 2019, and I have, you know, been operating my business and doing things that I wish I would have seen other companies do. I feel that if you feel that it's difficult to find a company that aligns with what you want, make one. That is spot on. Literally, if you do not see your lane, make your lane. <laughs> make your lane. Tell, tell me a little bit more about your, your business. Is it a, it's a styling company? What is it? So it's called Le Placard Desiree and it's like a junior's brand and I sell clothing. So what's fun about it is that I have, my hands are in everything. I get to play around with styling. I get to, you know, 
do a little bit of research in regards to e-commerce. I get to design my own website. Like my hands are in everything. And one thing that I really enjoyed is, you know, when it's time for me to have interns or, you know, I need a hand, I'm able to make that experience for someone else the best because I know what it feels like to not have the best experience. And I know what it feels like, you know, to not be fulfilled from doing a job. And I feel so proud that I'm able to aid other, you know, people that want to be in the industry and getting where they need to go. What's something that you feel like every fashion company needs to know before they get some new interns? Do not exploit people just because they want experience. I feel like the the fashion industry is notorious for taking advantage of people that just want experience. And, you know, that can look like not paying them. That can look like overworking them or, you know, giving them tasks that don't necessarily align with what the job, you know, really entails. And I think that every fashion company should really consider their internship program and ask themselves, are we exploiting our interns? You can follow Desiree on Instagram at Desiree J. Celestin. That's D-E-S-I-R-E-E-J-C-E-L-E-S-T-I-N. Also make sure to follow her business at L-P-D-S-H-O-P-P-E. That's L-P-D-S-H-O-P-P-E on Instagram. Black in Fashion is written and produced by me. Edited by Joelle North. The theme music is from PBTM Production Music Library. And background music for our profile episodes comes from Lakey Inspired. The title is Better Days. Please like, subscribe, review, and rate Black in Fashion 5 stars on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Lastly, follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at BLKNFSHN. Again, that's at BLKNFSHN, just like the logo. Thanks for listening.